This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Hi, everybody. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises. It's a fundraising PR and special event business. And I'm Lynn Evans, our managing director and certified financial planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And we're going to have a three-for-one deal today. We are going to have three guest experts on our show. So the first one is uh, Brienne Caruso, who is the retail branch manager in Wilkes-Barre office. And we're going to ask her to talk about something that's going on right now with Fidelity Bank. Um, called the Spring Home Equity Loan. So, welcome, Bree. Hello, thank you. And so, how, let's just jump right in. Absolutely. Tell us what what is this wonderful campaign? So, Fidelity Bank started our Spring Home Equity Loan campaign on March 13th. Um, it is running until. May 26th, and it is our spring home equity campaign that we run every year to focus on some different aspects of home equity loans that we can offer. Um, Fidelity Bank has focused a lot on this campaign on educate, consolidate, and renovate. So we're just looking to offer some discounted rates on home equity loans to help with clients that are looking to possibly look at doing some debt consolidation or refinancing um, their current home equity loans to renovate some properties that maybe they were interested in doing and then possibly looking at some education. What kind of education? Well, probably for people, for their, is it for their, their children maybe, honey, to go Yeah, to really anything. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah oh. for some schooling, okay. if, you know, you're looking at some, um, you know, any student loans that you're looking to refinance, anything like that. Okay, well, see, I thought what you meant was part of the process is to educate people about what are home equity loans. <laughs> no. I mean, we're here for that, too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. 
Bree, I have a question, honey. What What are the rates? What are they looking? How do you like? Are fixed? Are they um, lines of credit? Are they regu- Are they a, a term loan? What, what? Or are they both? Can you talk a little bit about what how it can be done? Yeah, absolutely. So the home equity campaign we focus on both home equity lines of credit and home equity installment loans. So the line of credit is. Um, kind of works like a credit card. You'll have a draw period and then you'll have a repayment period. So during your draw period, you can pull from that line that you have and then pay it back and then pull again. And then once the term for the draw period is over, then you start to, you know, pay it back. The term loan, the installment loan, that is a fixed rate. So you would just take out you know, however much you look to um, borrow, and then you just start paying a fixed amount monthly on that. Mm-hmm. What are the rates? For the line of credit, we have an introductory rate as low as 3.99 for six months. There are some qualifications to get that rate, but compared to what, you know, the rates are looking at right now, it's a great introductory rate for people that are looking to, you know, borrow for that. For the installment loan, we are looking at a rate as low as 5.24, and that is for a five-year loan. Five years. Okay. Bree, what's the difference between the home equity line of credit and the home equity installment loan? There are a few why differences. Would somebody, um, why would somebody do one versus the other? When, when would it be appropriate to do the line of credit versus uh, the installment loan? So it would really depend on what you're looking to use that line for or to use the loan for. So normally when somebody would come in to talk, we would try to decide, okay, what are we looking to do? If you're looking to, you know, you know you need a new roof on your house, so you know you need you know, $30,000 to fix a roof or something, we would know that, you know, you know a fixed amount that you need to borrow, you know what you're using that money for. So normally in those instances, you know, a term loan and installment loan would be a great option for you. If somebody's looking for a line of credit to borrow in case of emergency, say, you know, they just want to have that line available if, you know, they do need a new roof, but they don't right now, but it's a possibility in the future. Or they want to have it in case of an emergency, something comes along that they may need and they want something that they don't have to put on a credit card with a very high interest rate. Then we would look would look at doing a line of credit because at that point you only have to pay back what you're using. So if you have a line and you're not using it, you're not paying on it. And how long do they last? The line of credit we have a ten year draw period and then a fifteen year repayment period. So it's a twenty five year loan. Mm-hmm. Wow, great. So what if? Somebody, just to, for instance, somebody decided that they were going to need the, to do the roof. They took out the loan. They went with the installment. But before they even used it, they decided they don't need, <clears throat> they're not going to go in the home equity route, but they, they got it. What would what would happen then if they don't need it? Do they need to, does it just stay open with a zero balance because you didn't use the money? Or does it, is it converted into a line? Or what would happen in a situation like that? In that situation, um, it would really depend on what point we were at with the loan. If the loan had closed and then, you know, they decided that they didn't need it, they can put that into a savings account and then decide if they need it in the future. 
it really would depend on what they really wanted to do. They can just put extra towards the principal of the loan and then pay it down early. Um, with the loans, there is normally a, a um, waiver on the closing costs as long as they don't pay it off within the first three years. So mm -hmm. if they were to just close, you know, pay that off in those first three years, then they would be responsible for paying those closing costs back at that time. So it would really depend on what that borrower wanted to do with it. Okay, so the, 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 are the closing costs waived, waived for this particular uh, campaign you're doing? Yes, they are. As long as, they, as the loan amount is for 25000 or more, we are waiving closing costs on that. Well, on both, both sides then, right? Correct, yes. Okay, great. Well, that's a, that's a good thing. So, Bree, do you find that because, like everyone else, in, in doing a home equity push, I know we, a couple months ago, way back at the end of last year, there was a, a campaign for home equity, and that's Christmas time, and, you know, those kind of things with bill consolidation or whatever else. Do you find that this is the time that people are going getting a little cabin fever, they're home, they're in, cooped up, and they say, this really needs to be done, I think I better do that. And then it's, that's why it's really a good time to push for the value, the equity in your property to be used instead of paying high ridiculous rates elsewhere. I guess that's it, the push for the spring cleaning kind of thing or the spring, let's spruce up our house and get it in good shape. Yeah. Normally we do it around the springtime because it is a good time for people to start doing some renovations that they've been wanting to do, you know, put in a pool maybe, add a deck onto their house, things, you know, things in the spring that you can do on your home that you wouldn't normally do, you know, in the winter. Bree, when you are filling out the application, is it a requirement of what you're using the proceeds for, or is it just an open-ended thing, and if it's a home equity or anything else, you don't have to disclose? Is there disclosure on what the what it's being used for? We would ask what the purpose of the loan is for. Um, normally, you know, we do have some people that say they're just looking to do some home renovations in the future, but nothing set in stone right now, which we understand. Some people just like to have that in case of an emergency. And we understand that, too, you know, something goes in your house that you need to repair. Sometimes it's nice to not have to, you know, start the loan process the minute you need something because the loan process can take, you know, 30 to 45 days is what I tell people mostly. So if you have that line of credit, say, available and something goes, you know you can go to the bank and it can be taken care of immediately versus needing to start the process, you know, right. waiting and, the 30 yeah. to 45 days to have it, you know, completed. And the other, yeah, and Bree, to your point, the when you have an open line, just say you're, you don't really want to use it, you decide you want to get it and have it available, and obviously it's a, it's a, it's a um, an adjustable rate. So what happens yeah. if someone gets the rate? How many years is the line actually good for? You have 10 years to draw from it. Pardon me? 10 years? You have 10 years to draw from it. Oh, good. Okay, so it'll stay in place for 10 years, but depending on when you use it, that'll determine what the current rate would be then, correct? Yeah, it would, yeah, it's variable based on, yeah. it's variable based yeah. on prime. Okay, and after 10 years, it's then termed out, right? If there's a balance? Correct. Okay, correct. All right, good. Do you find that, that um, people, as far as the 25 year, I mean, that's really a, a, a really good way to stretch it out. Do you, do oh, you yes, find yes. that that happens a lot, that people like just to have that reserve and it's not something they know what they're doing, but they say, hey, you know what? 
because I have a friend who did that all the time, just always had one open just in case, or purchases or whatever it was, you know, the house, and they had it on there, and it worked out beautifully for them. And they just oh, absolutely. It off. Um, do you find that that happens more than not? Do most people go? Again, I know it depends on, on the, what they're looking for, but do you find that the, the lines sell a little bit better than the term, or, or it, again, does it only depend on what they might need it for? Yeah, I mean, it normally depends on what they're looking for. Unfortunately, some people don't, you know, come in asking about it until they need it. Um, but we do try to educate people when we see that they do have some equity in their home still, that it is an option to keep it open, you know, to do the application, keep it open in case of an emergency. So we do try to educate people so when it comes down to it and they absolutely need it, they don't have to start that process right at that time. Um, but it's not, you know, not a lot of people know to do that right up front, you know, use that mm -hmm. equity that they have and have it just in case. And I have another question. If you if you decide to do it, you don't know if you need it or not, it's one of those things like let's just have it available. There's there'll be zero cost to somebody who did that depending of course as you said, I know there's a, a dollar amount, but if you if you if you're you qualify for the dollar amount to waive all closing costs, is there any fee at all then to just do something like that to have it in your back pocket, so to speak? The only fee is that there's a $30 annual fee on the line of credit. Okay. All right. Well, yep. see, to me then, Bree, we're going to try to sell the heck out of this thing and say, why <laughs> would you bother, right? Why wouldn't you bother? Right. Why wouldn't you do it? If it's going to cost you 30 bucks to have it, it's a convenience thing. You, you know it's there. You're not, you're not being charged anything. Um, yeah. And what did you say, $25,000 the minimum? Yes. For no the closing costs. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have it, like, do it, right? Yeah. And they have to do it myself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If you have the equity in your home, it's, you know, it's a great option to do just in case. Yeah. So do it. Everybody out there, call Fidelity, see what happens, <laughs> and get that open line. So please, and we make how the process can, as easy as possible. There you go, as usual. Can you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you or anyone at Fidelity? Absolutely. You can give me a call. Uh, my number is 570-609-5405. Or they can call our contact center at 570-342-8281. They can do the application right through there as well. Um, we do everything online. So, you know, you don't even have to step into the branch until closing. Mm -hmm. I think Good. it's great. And I, I say this again, I will repeat. I refinanced my mortgage a year and a half ago. It was the easiest thing I think I've ever done. It was all through the, the an app. Carmen uh, um, Caputo did it. It was all through it. It worked out, and it was the easiest thing. And I'm not even an electronic whiz, believe me when I tell you. So it's all very good. So, Bree, you did a wonderful job. We thank you. And everybody, well, thank go you so much for having me. Where is the brand? Yeah. Okay, real quick. So unfortunately, our Wilkes-Barre branch is not open at the moment. We are oh. in the process of doing some renovations. So I am based out of our Wyoming office right now. It is 1000 Wyoming Ave in Wyoming. So you can stop here at any time and I will be here. <laughs> there you go. Until, and then afterwards, you'll see her in Wilkes-Barre. So thank yes, you, honey. Have a, have, have a great weekend and you did a great job. And thank you very much. And uh, thank you. Everyone else here. You're welcome. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show, and we will be right back.
Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole Denova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Good morning. We're back. My name is Lynn Evans, and I am certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special events business. And with us today is Leah Jenakopoulos, who is an agent with E, a real estate agent with ERA One Source Realty. ERA has about 100 agents in uh, 10 counties, about six offices or so, and going strong. And Leah's back. And just so everybody knows, full disclosure, Leah and Lynn both have colds. I don't, thank God, and thank God we're taping. Thank God we're taping. You're, they're not contagious to anyone, so listen up. And before we start, Leah, we want to give we want to give a big shout out to Dunmore Bucks Lady to, to Dunmore High School's Lady Bucks. They won the state championship in Hershey, and it's Love wonderful that. news. It's wonderful. And for three West Side gals Yay. to promoting for beach to promote the Dunmore <laughs> gals, that's a good thing because they were always our football rivals. That's right. So it's always good, but God love them. It's wonderful. It's great news. So go, Lady Bucks, and congratulations to all of Dunmore. Anyway, Leah, we're with you. So tell us a little bit about what's happening with real estate, what you're going to tell us, and how about the interest rate. And I know it was new, and this we're taping right after the announcement of the rate. Any Any fallback, any feedback on what's going on now, or are we still stable? So, we are stable for the most part. So, really, the rates, the feds did raise the rate, but on the mortgage side, honestly, it did not go up that much at all. Um, But I did hear the feds say last 
was it yesterday or the end of last week or I, my days are all coming together anymore so sorry about that but they do not believe they will be raising the mortgage interest rates anymore they think that this was you know that that would be the last one and that they are seeing that they might do two consecutive drops come june and july so if that wow. happens that will be awesome i again i don't know how true that is i do not know what they're planning on doing or if they're even planning on not doing that or doing that but i do know that they did say that um so that that's a little bit of good news and that's good to hear because we we do need that you know um fannie may actually you know they do a lot of the surveys they're obviously a big proponent of what goes on in the real estate mortgage world and they did a survey and they based their surveys off of real people you know they they go and they pull people and they get survey and they get all this data and one of the questions that was asked was is now a good time to buy a home or how, how do you feel about the market or you know so when being asked this they a lot of people have just said yes it's a great time to still buy a home because you need shelter. You're always going to need a home. But the thing is, they just said that they're more cautious as to what they're doing. They're they're not going crazy. If if they can only afford this or that, then they're not going to go crazy and, you know, wreck themselves to a point where they're going to go spend a ridiculous amount of money over and above and beyond where, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like that. Is it still happening? Yes. I got this question the other day at a listing appointment. Is that still happening? Yes. Is it happening everywhere? No. And, and that's the honest truth. You know, that's that's the, that's the story. If you have a house right now in the Africans, we listed one a couple of days ago, over 600000 I've already had five showings on it. You know, so oh, like, there, there is that, you know, so it, it's an area thing. It's a thing of, you know, the needs of the house, the needs of the people. Like, you know, we have, look at Geisinger. They're adding on and everything that doing so you know there's all of that too like so there's a lot that goes into you know just not being able to buy a more just not being able to buy a house because you're afraid of the mortgage rates at the end of the day the thing too that everyone has to remember it's an investment you're buying something that you have something to show for which i think that's one of the best parts of home ownership like you know getting to have something that you can call your own so when fannie mae did that they did get back that there is a lot of people that are more hesitant would be the word before they do they're they're, they're more cautious would be actually the better word than they were in previous months because they just there's other upkeep and expenses now and they're more cautious of their price point so as far as the market stabilizing the mortgage demand is with the is still coming back despite these higher rates you know there's um Mortgage Banker Association is a website I follow a lot. And um, they kind of post a lot of like what's going on in the inside world of the mortgage. So just because I sell houses, I still need to know both worlds. Can I give you your financial statements and all that? No, I'm not a mortgage lender. But I like to know what's going on as far as like the rates go, what kind of a loan might, you know, what kind of loans they have going on out there. So according, you know, to Bankers Association, they do their surveys as well. And the demand for mortgage applications is still up from the week before. They keep going up. They're not going down. So the demand is still there. And like I always say, Northeastern Pennsylvania is this little bubble of of we're so greatly located between Philly, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all of these big places that we 
don't have to, like that we are able to, the cost of living here is fantastic. The way that we have everything going on when it comes to, you know, the hopefully that train coming, but just like the busing system that we have, or, you know, it's an hour and a half to two hours to New York or Philly or New Jersey. So we have a lot of means to get everywhere quickly and a really lower cost of living. So I do see that, um, yes. Leah, when I was listening to the story last night on um, ABC News and, and then this morning's newspaper, they they have a, an actual date of 2028 now when they expect that the train will be um, in, in effect between here, Poconos, and New York. So if we know that it's that much that it, it's that definitive a reality. It was always just a a good idea, and it was coming, and blah blah blah. But now we have a date. My question is: when you look at at that fact, and you know that there's some hard stop, so to speak, for when this is going to be a reality, how does that affect the prices here, and how quickly? Does that affect the prices here for residential real estate? My question, the reason I'm asking you this is because when I listen to what they said, that the schedule of the train, there's one that leaves five times during the day. It will be in and out of New York from this area. But the earliest one is 7 o'clock in the morning, doesn't get into New York until 10. So how is that a good thing? for people who want to work, to live here and work in New York because you can't get there at normal work hours. It sounds to me like it's designed just for tourism. Am I not reading this right? No, I mean, I I don't know the schedule, to be honest with you, so I can't comment on that. And I I don't know if they're going to do anything earlier or how they're going to end up anticipating their schedules and all that. But... I think there's such a flex schedule now with people working in offices. I don't think there's that, like, hardcore, we have to be there at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning anymore. I think COVID changed a lot of that. I mean, look, if people are going back to work, but they're only going back once or twice a week. So I don't foresee, like, a big demand on, you know, so, so maybe that's something, too. So, I mean, as far as tourists goes or people wanting to be out there and, hey, I just have to be out to my office and it's a lot easier for me to take a train, you know, and get there at 10 o'clock. It's a, it's a doable schedule and, you know, it's less wear and tear in your car and all of that, but then you still have the expenses to have a house here. I definitely think this train is going to bring a ton of opportunity to our area, regardless. I think real estate, you're going to see our real estate completely go up. I mean, I just see people buying a ton of multi-units, and they keep basing it on the fact that there's a train coming. There's a train coming. And and I think yeah. right now is the first time in the last couple of years since this train's been a thought that it's really... It's, it really is becoming a bigger reality. So I really do, people are jumping on this bandwagon of wanting to purchase purchase here. And again, like a, the convenience of just being here in and of itself is just worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had mixed feelings about it because uh, it's I would have expected that, you know, it would have been a 6 o'clock in the morning train because so much of suburban New Jersey, New York, and whatever, have trains that run that time of the day because they get people into the city and get people there, and then they come out the same 
type of a, a, a schedule. So it just didn't seem very attractive to me that if the if the train would leave at seven and not get there till ten, then really are you looking at people who would be wanting to live in this area because of the train when in fact it's not it's a three hour commute one way. That's a lot. Right. You know, so I, I guess it would depend on their work schedule, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and whether but but whether or not, like you said, Leah, if, if they're buying to live here and work there, you know, it, 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 it all depends. And plus, I believe that any of these schedules and all the, the demographics these people need, the analytics to, to know what time they should do this based on who's going to be and what, everything will change as things change. And if people come in and they are more of a working class, then they're going to have to change the schedule. They're going to have to do it. I mean, it's, things aren't hard and fast when it comes to schedules, right? That can all be changed. Maybe it's just a, a, a preliminary uh, uh, time schedule, you know? But I do believe whether it's they're coming in or not, this becomes a much more attractive place simply because there's beautiful places, old, beautiful architecture, things that you spend a fortune to try to re to try to duplicate and the the you know convenience and the beauty of this valley um i think to your point leah is going to just attract people period and having a train for you to live and work elsewhere and go into new york city for to your point lynn pleasure it's just going to be a, a great thing so i, I think oh, yeah. all the way around it's only going to help us yeah I hope so. Any, and so any other question? Anything? Yeah, I'll go ahead because we're late. I was going to say. So, how does that affect um, the the uh, carpetbaggers? Let's call them that. The people who are going to come in now and and just buy a property like crazy because they know that it's going to go up in value. Are you seeing any of that? Any any more than you have in the past? Um, there's a mix, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think it'll yeah. all change. It'll, but I'm glad to hear that the, the rate is. Yep. Yeah, they will. That's the, the any only thing constant is change. So there we go, Leah. How can anyone get in touch with you if you um, if they need to talk to you? You can reach me at five seven zero nine four seven nine two five zero. Our website era number one dot com, or our main office number five seven zero five eight seven nine 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 nine. And that that's our home office where you could reach us and any of our agents. And also all forms of social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of that fun stuff. So there's definitely ways that you can reach us at any point. Or you can see your photograph all over billboards, right, Leah? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. The superstar. Leah the superstar. There we go. All right, well, Leah, thank you, honey. Everyone else out there, have a great weekend. We're going to be right back with, um, I keep saying weekend because we're doing three this time, Lynn, so I'm a little off my uh, mark here. But right now we're going to have our third guest expert of the week, and that is Brianne, Brian, but we're going to just call her Brie Caruso from VREC, and she is a certified vet tech, and we'll be right back with them. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. 
Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans, and I'm a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And our second guest expert today is Megan Cosmark, who is a um, certified veterinary technician who specializes in the surgery aspect of the Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center. Uh, welcome, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me. We're thrilled you're Hi, here. Yes. <coughs> Megan, you, you said you do post-op or post-op tech. Could you tell everybody what that means um, in the world of being a certified technician? Because there are, we just to clear this up, there are certified techs and then what is the level of which you are when you're not certified, Meg? Um, it it really depends on what state you're in, technically. Um, okay. So in, in Pennsylvania, there's not a huge legal issue dependent on if you can work as a certified technician for someone who's uncertified. Um, those kind of roles can be kind of interchangeable. Um, there's definitely okay. people that are just trained on the job versus someone who's gone to school. We can definitely both do the same thing. Um, in other states like New York, um, if you aren't certified, there are a ton of legal restrictions on what you're actually permitted to do in that role. 
Okay. So in your case, you are certified. So would you tell everybody what that actually means then post-op for the care of your animals? Yeah, so me being certified means that I've gone through a program and then um, actually taken a test to be licensed. And then I have to do a certain amount of CE every two years in order to keep that license. Um, and then my role at VREC is that I'm one of the surgery technicians there. Um, so we deal a lot with anything with surgery from intake, um, in-hospital treatment, anesthetizing, radiographs. And then a big part of it is once we discharge those patients, kind of their post-op care, we do kind of all the phone calls, follow-up, run everything by the doctor if there's any complications, um, and then any recheck. Any, any what? Recheck. And then any rechecks. Uh, rechecks. Yeah. I thought you said rechecks. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. You can't. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Go ahead, Lynn. You were going to say something, and I was yeah, cutting you off. I, I was just going to ask the question, though. When, when you're dealing with people who have... Um, had their animals have had surgery. Uh, isn't it usually the case that when that um, that animal is discharged, there's a whole laundry list of things on a piece of paper that go along with it, and that it's directions, instructions, whatever that you as a pet parent are supposed to adhere to, and medications and all the other things that uh, that you give somebody for post-op care so then is your role when you say you follow up with people to make sure that they're doing those things or are there some other things that you have to do in addition to that when you when a, a patient is discharged Yes, yeah, we always try, any patient that goes home, we try and make sure that we touch base at least with a phone call. And then the texts are always kind of the first line of response for if owners are calling with questions, concerns. Um, another big part of our role is during that discharge, just to be super thorough, make sure that pet parents know exactly what they're supposed to do in that um, recovery period that they go through. Um, some of our patients have short recovery periods and it's only a week, two weeks. Some of our patients, their recovery period goes out up to eight weeks. So those are ones that we really try and keep a good solid ground of a basis and then make sure that these owners know what they're supposed to be doing in that, that period. Um, they don't always follow it the best, but we do our best to kind of go through and make sure that they know what they're supposed yeah. to do at home once they leave. Um, Megan, when it comes to surgery, and, and we kind of talked about this through the years, and I, I just always find it fascinating. Um, parent, pet parents are a unique breed uh, anyway. And the, the love and the fear and the uh, trepidation and all of those things, the love first and then everything else follows. How do you... How do you deal with a pet parent, um, maybe differently or maybe it's not, as if somebody with their family member or something? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's different, but it isn't. So how do you see these people in their response and the way they need to be 
treated themselves when the after, right after their pet has been uh, has received surgery. Yeah, I mean. Definitely every pet parent is different. Um, sometimes that drop-off, there's a little bit more involved with conversations on medication, diet. Um, we do have ways that we can send pet owners photos while the patients are in hospital, and that usually means a lot to them because we do understand that some people only have one pet, and when that pet leaves, their house is so empty. And we understand because a lot of us have pets that, you know, when you're – baby or your child leaves and then you're left at home alone, we try and definitely send any photos if we have time. Um, if owners call the technicians, we always um, update them and how the patient's doing while they're there. And then we do occasionally get the owner that's pretty emotional at drop-off or maybe needs to go into a room and have an extra conversation. And we always just try to adjust to the situation. We take time. We don't try and run up and just grab their patient from them and then take them to the back. We make sure they get to say goodbye. Um, if they want to leave anything behind with them or any special instructions, we definitely adjust and have no problem with that with the owners because we definitely know that it's not easy to leave your pet with someone um, that you may have only met at consult for 20 minutes, um, but you trust. So we try and make it a good experience for everybody, the pet and the parents, when they leave them with us. And... Megan, in, 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 and I figured that would be the case because, I mean, as we say, somebody just said today, I, I love my animals more than people. So I think that, that happens, happens a lot. So do most dogs, and again, I know this depends on age, but if you have an average age dog, like, I don't know, middle-aged dog, um, just using a dog, I could be a cat, I don't care. Um, the when average surgeries, how long do they stay under anesthesia for like is there like a um, a period of recovery like you do after recovery and is it long? is it short? Does it depend on what the surgery is, how big the dog is, how much anesthesia or all of the above in the post op um, kind of recovery end of it? Yeah, I. The big thing of it is definitely what procedure they're having, but usually recovery. I mean, they're like people. Some Everybody wakes up different from any procedure, whether it was five minutes or two hours. So we get some that have a nice smooth recovery, nice and quiet, and we have some that are a bit more excitable. We have some that wake up and definitely aren't happy when they wake up. Um, but, yeah, it definitely depends. They're all different. It doesn't really depend on uh, age. We've had dogs that are super young, and they wake up super slow. We have dogs that are um, older and they wake up super fast. So it's definitely, we always try and stress to owners not to think that age is ever a disease or any kind of reason that they wouldn't move forward with surgery. We do a lot of procedures that are on geriatric patients and we never want owners to think that there's any reason that we wouldn't anesthetize them just because of their, their age. We want to give everybody a shot um, to kind of have a procedure done if they need it. Yeah, I um, I, I when you think about it, does and I know this is going to sound like a weird question, but with anesthesia, because I know when my I'm just using my son for example, when he went into surgery when he was a little guy, the doctors told us ahead of time that anesthesia would affect light-haired, light-eyed children worse than a dark-haired, dark-eyed. Uh, um, 
per baby or child because it just for whatever reasons the lightness of the skin it, it sometimes it, it for whatever reason it, it causes it to be a little uh, the recovering after the anesthesia could be a little more difficult is there is there a difference in, in and again i don't mean please don't laugh at me but that's what we were told so i'm wondering does that make a difference between a light dog a light-haired dog versus a darker uh, haired dog no, we've never that. Yeah, I have heard that though. I've heard that for humans, but we haven't ever experienced that um, in any type of dog that they they have any kind of resistance or anything. There's some breeds that are more sensitive and things to watch out for more in one breed versus the other. Um, like a good example, just a random fact: um, greyhounds can develop just like an idiopathic um, fever that. Um, can occur and there's no like explanation of why. So that's just something from an anesthesia point. I know that if I'm ever going to anesthetize a greyhound that I need to make sure that I keep very close track of their temperature and then if I notice any sort of random spikes that I definitely need to alert the doctor as soon as possible because that's something that just happens in them um, and it can be very dangerous very fast so we always try and make sure that things like that we're aware of any breed specific things but nothing that there are anybody's like resistant or kind of needs any extra medications Okay. I just, I, I know it sounded weird, but thank God you heard the same story on, yes. on the light. No, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that for like red hair people or something with yeah. red hair that it's yeah. different for them. So yeah, not, not the same in dogs, but there's, or okay. cats, so there's definitely breed specific things that are just specific to those animals. So that kind of correlates to the same idea, just a different way to look at it. Okay. I got you. Well, um, uh, Megan, do us a favor. Tell everyone out there how they could get in touch with you if anybody needs um, to to get to you regarding surgery or anything, and, and you being the expert on the post-op stuff and the surgical end of it, how would they get in touch with VREC? Um, you can definitely give us a call. Um, it's 570-587-7777. So definitely um, an easier a really easy number um, to remember. Yeah. And then obviously we have um, our website if anyone needs to get a hold of us for any reason. Um, and that you can either just Google our name itself or it's just com is the website. And that'll list kind of all of our contact information on there. Great. Well, Megan, you did a great job and we thank you for that. And uh, take care of all those furry little friends who come in for your care and uh, keep our fingers crossed and all the pet parents that, that they are not nervous as we tend to be and can calm down a little about it, knowing they're in good hands, right? They're Absolutely. Hands. <laughs> Great. Thanks well, for having um, me. Oh, thank you. And uh, we will see you. Um, hopefully you'll be on again to join us. So thank you. And everyone else out there, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, first full weekend of spring we are, Lynn, so thank you so much. Yes. Uh, see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.